This is Finding Normal, Life After Spiritual Trauma. Thank you for joining us as we focus on healing, finding God, and feeling a little less crazy in everyday life following a toxic faith experience. Welcome back to the podcast. And today is going to be the first of our What About episodes. Every once in a while, we're going to be doing an episode where we discuss a particular topic. Um, Probably a lot of times it will be about some aspect of parenting, um, like today's is. And sometimes it might not, but often that's what it it will be about, just something really super specific. And today is what about Santa Claus? So we're going to be discussing that in just a bit. Um, I do have to apologize for the sound on a couple of our previous episodes. It's been a little wonky with the microphone and getting that balance, so... We're working on it. Hopefully this one's a little bit better, and we'll keep experimenting. Yeah, and then in the new year, um, it should get a little better. All right, so let's talk about Santa Claus. As a parent, what do you do about Santa Claus for your kids? What do you teach your kids about Santa Claus? Um, so let's, let's talk about like where Santa Claus, like, why are we talking about this? Why does it matter? Coming from the very legalistic, ultra conservative backgrounds that we come from, Santa Claus is not just like a part of Christmas or just like a random Christmas decoration or whatever. Santa Claus is kind of like evil. I've heard it more than once from the pulpit, the whole like... Well, if you switch the letters around in Santa, it spells Satan. Like that's supposed to mean something. I mean, (laughs) take anyone's name and you can switch it around to make other words and sometimes bad words probably. And yeah, yeah, let's let's not take that uh, too far. It just means saint. saint Santa literally means saint. Yeah. Um, Well, that's another thing though for Baptists. If it's Saint so and so, it's almost like they're like bad because they're Catholic. Because they're trying so hard not to be Catholic, yeah. Right. So, So like, anything that's saint, like, even the historical Saint Nicholas, which we're going to talk about here in just a second, Mm -hmm. Baptists would almost consider him, like, bad because, well, he's a saint, so he's Catholic and Catholics are evil, so, you know, whatever. (laughs) I'm not saying we believe that. I'm just saying that that is is what they... Yeah, so there's kind of this... That's where a lot of Baptists are. There's kind of this approach to christmas like okay a nativity anything focusing on the actual birth of jesus that's good and all the other stuff is bad well yeah i mean but Not all of it for me growing up it was like i don't know i got i picked this up somewhere and i'm not sure where i picked it up but i picked up like you know santa is bad but we had a few like woodsmanish looking santa clauses on our christmas tree um <laughs> Father Christmas in the Chronicles of Narnia was totally acceptable. Yeah. Things like that. Um, I saw Santa Claus once when I was little. My aunts took me, and and there's, like, this picture of me on Santa's lap, and I just look absolutely petrified. But It's probably par for the (laughs) course. Yeah, anyway. But, um, so, yeah, if you're coming out of a really strict religious background, like, we were, and... If you're just an adult with no kids, you don't need to worry about it that much. But if you have kids, you're going to be faced with this like, wait, that was, you know, part of the whole narrative there. What do I believe now? What, what is right? What is, 
what is spiritual? Like, is it unspiritual to believe it's, is that somehow anti-God to embrace Santa Claus? Do I need to teach my kids? Like, do we need to teach our kids that Santa isn't real? We don't believe in Santa Claus. Or we can't do anything with bad. Santa. Yeah, we don't do any Santa stuff at Christmas. Is that what we need to teach our kids? So um, let's talk about, and this is not an episode about is Christmas pagan in origin. We're not discussing that. That's a whole other thing. Like people who don't believe in Christmas trees don't give presents. They're just like, we're not celebrating. We, yeah. you know, I've only met one person in my entire life who, that I know of, that didn't do that they just like put up a nativity and put their presence under the nativity scene or whatever but like mm-hmm. there are people out there from ultra conservative backgrounds probably ifb people too that do that so that's not what we're discussing that's um, maybe we'll do that next year there is a podcast um that we can put in the resource recommended mm-hmm. you know the in the show notes that meant to talks about the pagan like how is it is Christmas pagan in origin? Is this you know is that a true thing? Um, now what's funny is like he takes the approach that Santa Claus is kind of it's not good to do Santa, which is you know so whatever it's a different opinion from ours, but it does it has the same flawed what we would what we consider flawed arguments about that that right. we'll be discussing here. Anyway, overall, it's just about like, is Christmas pagan? It's got some and, good research um, that we're yeah, not going to cover. It's really, it's, it's very um, scholarly mm-hmm. and yeah, you can listen to that. If you want to hear that, that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about Santa today. So. so first let's talk a little bit about where Santa Claus came from. Like how did this myth develop? Um, I mean, it started with a real person. There was a real Nicholas um, he's referred to as St. Nicholas because he was canonized as a saint at some point. Um, but yeah, he was a Greek church leader. He was born in the late third century, died in the middle of the fourth century. So quite a long time ago, he was known for defending Christianity against people who denied the deity of Christ, things like that. Um, his popularity as a saint grew around the Middle Ages. Um, he became the patron saint of a lot of different things, but that included children and gift giving and that type of thing because of some stories in his life where he did kind of sneak gifts in and help deliver children from a variety of situations. Um, he kind of rose in popularity. That's where the whole gift giver thing came into play but the interesting thing is that was focused on saint nicholas day which still technically exists it's december 6th um later on in the middle ages it kind of shifted the focus on to christmas and the gift giving there and then there's there's kind of some merging with norse mythology and some of the other there's other legends it kind of morphs into this whole santa claus thing um i'm not going to go through all the details but then Father Christmas gets referenced in literature, and then there's stories and poems that reference St. Nick or Santa Claus and these kind of things, and it kind of has morphed. The modern take on Santa Claus, I think, is mostly the result of like a Coca-Cola ad campaign. The whole red suit thing came from a Coca-Cola ad campaign. Because if you look back in mythology... The, the, the whole jolly guy with the big belly and the red suit, that, that's not the way 
St. Nicholas, even in kind of mythological portrayals, that's not kind of the way he was portrayed. That's kind of a modern thing, you know? So thanks, Coca-Cola, I guess. I think that was like the mid-1900s, like 30s, 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. I did not look up that specifically, but... So that's that's kind of where it's been. He started out as a very real Christian hero, and then it kind of mer- morphed from there. Just like any legend, really. Yeah. Um, you know, it starts out as one thing and changes, like especially when it's an actual historical person or event. You know, it changes throughout the years for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Some... I think it was the Protestant Reformation that kind of tried to get away from the whole Saint Nicholas thing because there were Protestants who had a problem with the Catholics like praying to saints. So they kind of, but then it kind of, that's when it kind of took on its own mythology separate from Saint Nicholas per se. And we're not going to talk about um, the war on Christmas. So it's called, that's a conservative political thing. But just saying the original war on Christmas was waged by the Puritans. Um, so they wanted, true. they like banned Christmas. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, they weren't, it wasn't just like, oh, it's secular. So we're not going to se- celebrate the secular aspects and be rowdy. It's like, no, we're not like, you better be working on Christmas. Don't you dare close your shop and different things like that. So yeah, the original Very war on Christmas. Of course, they're the Puritans. ones who like, nobody could have any fun on Sunday, right? Because worshiping right. God could not be enjoyable in the least. Right. That's kind of the Puritans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You probably have gathered we're not big fans of the Puritans. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Never mind there are feasts in the Bible and celebrations. Yeah. yeah anyway. Um, so, so yeah. So, there's, like, look around at, you know, Christmas stuff. You know, your Christmas traditions, your decorations, your celebrations. And even, you know, look around at the churches and what they sell, how they decorate, how they celebrate, mm-hmm. what their, their programs they put on. They really embrace a lot of other secular Christmas traditions. So, like, A Christmas Carol isn't a Christian book. Just saying. You know, people like to spiritualize it. But this isn't about Ebenezer Scrooge, like, coming to Jesus. Churches all over the place like to take that story and put it on as a Christmas program with a Christian ending. That's not what Charles Dickens wrote. It just isn't. Right. So you can but, you can enjoy, the, I mean, Hallmark Christmas movies, you know, like. Yeah. They're nice. They're not particularly Christian. Christmas trees. I think people try to spiritualize that because they're like, oh, a tree. And then Jesus died on a tree and like, you know, whatever. And it's there's like, a star. But and that was part of the. Just a tree. Yeah. Um, stocking. You know, whatever. Like, oh, the gifts. Well, because the Magi brought gifts. And, you know, there's people try to justify it and make it Christian, but it's like these things, a lot of them don't have Christian origins. And I'm not saying they're necessarily pagan origins, meaning that, you know, yeah. or that they're wrong, but they're just kind of there. And people, but what you see is Christians are like so anti-Santa. I mean, the Christians that we know. I, I'm saying Christians very broadly. I don't know what normal, <laughs> the broader evangelical world even thinks because that's not what we're familiar with. Um, right. But just what I am familiar with, it just seems like so anti-Santa. Um, and this is, 
So this is my belief that I think Christians are so anti-Santa because they think Santa's trying to replace God. Because mm-hmm. they have the wrong idea about who God is. Mm-hmm. So if God is like Santa, who is looking down to make sure that all of us are good or bad, and is he going to put us on the naughty list this year? If God is like that, then yes, yeah, Santa's like absolutely replacing God <laughs> in Christmas. <laughs> but God isn't like that. God is so much better than that. Mm-hmm. He is not watching us to put us on the naughty list he doesn't have an elf on the shelf in our home you know a little angel on the coffee table watching us <laughs> to see if we're gonna be good or bad right um god god's not like that and because people have taught this distorted view of god they're mm-hmm. viewing santa as threatening that position of god well, God doesn't feel threatened by Santa because Santa's, okay, not even real to start with, right. you know. Um, but God doesn't feel threatened by that. And I feel like that's why people get really up in arms about it. And there's this whole idea that somehow Santa's replacing Jesus. But you can't have both like why do they have to be absolutely opposed to each other well in some respects it's um i mean maybe they're seeing in in american culture in general perhaps there are more decorations with santa or advertisements with santa than there are with focusing on jesus maybe but Honestly, that's culture in general. But can't why you see? Can if, they, why do they have to be exclusive? If somebody did a, a commercial at Christmas time using the nativity scene to try to sell something, can't you see all the Christians up in arms about that too? Oh, because it would be trivializing the sacred. Yeah. Right. So. You but just, yeah, the real God it just isn't really threatened by a Coca-Cola ad campaign. I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> that's I, not who God is. So I read a couple articles that. I went through and marked and kind of debunked some other arguments. Um, one is from Answers in Genesis, and one is from Desiring God, I think. Two very well-known Christian organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one flaw is they're equating Santa with commercialism, which, like, yeah, people are totally trying to use Santa to sell stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they, they are. But you don't have to have that in your home just because that's what is kind of generally happening. Um, But they're not necessarily the same thing, like a mythical figure and materialism, commercialism, like they're not synonymous. Right. So I, you know, that's a little bit of a flaw there. Um, Yeah. Santa's around more than you see like nativities and stuff because more people in the country are secular. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, some people don't even want Santa because they're not even, they don't celebrate Christmas at all because they're, you know, they have a different religious holiday. Um, Yeah, there's that. um, One thing in this article from Answers in Genesis that I thought was interesting, it talks about 
Nicholas, um, the actual like Saint Nicholas, who gave who gave freely of his riches to benefit people who were less fortunate. And he, the article says this is clearly a fundamental Christian principle. You know, saying that that's good and it's like is that the same idea we see in Santa Claus today? Um, but you know, you can complain about Santa all you want, but I'm not seeing churches doing this. That's true. Churches aren't giving freely of what they have to benefit people that are less fortunate, even within their own small communities, their mm-hmm. own church community. They're not mm-hmm. doing that. I'm not saying none, but the IFB churches I've been in, they're not doing that. Um, so they're not doing it at Christmas. They're not doing it any other time of the year. What I see is, oh, it's Christmas. Let's give, like, let's all sacrifice and give to the pastor when there's people struggling to buy Christmas presents for their own family members. Right. And let's give all of our weekends and all of our spare time for the whole month of December to the church and all of our special programs and activities. Forget making any traditions or memories with your own family that your kids can remember growing up. You're just sacrificing everything on the altar of church programs. And what are all the church programs focused on? These are not church programs that are, let's reach out to the needy people in our community. Let's find the people who are hurting and help them. How many, how many hundreds? And I mean, I have, okay. I saw some stuff on social media about a church that's doing tons of programs like this one church. And it's like, how many hundreds and thousands of dollars are they spending on that, that they could give to people? I mean, they don't even pay their own staff a living wage. Right. Most IFB churches don't. Oh, except the family members that work there. But no, yeah. the non-family members, <laughs> they get around it because they just pay them salary. They don't pay them an hourly wage, and they don't have to pay the minimum wage that way. Yeah, and, there's a lot of IFB But they're spending all this, they're creating these elaborate productions yeah. to bring in people from the community to get them to come there, to get them to come to their music school, to get them to come to their academy, to bring in money. Yeah, so all that... So what are all these church programs? Even for a small church that doesn't have, you know, what's the purpose of doing a Christmas program? Why why all the programs at Christmas? It's the holiday sales push. Yep. Trying to get people in people to join the church. It's like we're we're pushing, push, push, push to get people to join our church. And that's not that's not reflecting a spirit of giving either. No. And really meeting people's needs. So what I um also in this um, article it mentioned says Jesus and Santa Claus bring competing messages. Hmm. Really? Hmm. Not what I'm seeing. Um, <laughs> in the Christian world, honestly, Jesus and Santa Claus bring the same messages. Watch out! I'm watching you. If you're bad, I'm gonna punish you. I'm waiting for you to mess up. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's not so competing true. messages. That's not true. They're not true messages, right. but it's the same. Those are the same message, and that's Santa and Jesus mm-hmm. in their world. Um, and Santa Claus, I don't know what I see in like the Miracle of, on Thirty Fourth Street. I have, I think there's a new version now. I've only watched the one with Maureen O'Hara because she's my favorite actress. But <laughs> anyway, um, you know, it was a, it's a spirit of giving, of magic, of of just joy and mm-hmm. and childlike belief believing things could be better right and i think you know what we're talking about here is basically what is the message i guess of santa claus yeah. what is the and it can mean different things to different people it's a mm-hmm. it's a legend it's mm-hmm. got it's so it's going to be nuanced it's going to be varied i mean 
I mean, at least we don't teach, no one's going around, well, I don't know if no one is, but we're not talking about Krampus and like, right. the, you know, Santa's like helper that comes and like beats up the bad kids, you know? Right. Um, yeah. There's but, plenty of very interesting legends. Um, there's some very disturbing, I think it's Germanic. There's some very disturbing German fairy tales surrounding Christmas that it's like, oh, that's like rather violent and disturbing. But, you know, I mean, they're out there. It's they're not that common anymore. But yeah, it's we're when we're looking at it now, it's like like you said, it's what about the joy and the giving and helping the spirit of helping people, the belief that something special could happen at Christmas beyond all rational reason, you know, beyond all reasoning that like, oh, nothing, you know, nothing can be different. Well, maybe things could be different. Maybe people could show compassion to each other. You know, that's not a bad message. One other point from this article I wanted to mention that was a really stood out as a really big problem to me. It mentions about if Santa Claus has taken the glory from Jesus Christ in your family's celebration of Christmas. Santa Claus, I repeat, is a mythical slash legendary figure. Santa Claus can't take anything. He doesn't exist. So that brings up the point. It's where you put your own emphasis and your family's emphasis. And kind of going back to what we were talking about just a minute ago, I would say growing up, what I, and even as an adult, what I observed to be the emphasis of Christmas, it was not Santa Claus because we didn't do Santa Claus. Um, I really hope I didn't, you know, I'm the kind of kid who was like, but this isn't real. Um, So I probably, I really hope I didn't like mess up anybody's belief in Santa Claus when I was a kid Um, because I would have totally done that. So... Sorry if I did that. Um, But the emphasis also was not Jesus. It was about church. Christmas was about church. Church activity. Yes. And I don't mean church like worshiping God. I mean actually about church. The church program. The church doing this. Doing this at church. It was all this stuff at church. Hmm. That was the emphasis. Yeah, that's true. As an adult, I mean, same thing in all these churches. That's the emphasis. Oh, and especially as a musician, good grief. Oh, like wow, that's yeah. All this music that you play just like once a year, um, it's insane. It's just, it's just about church. So how is that better? Oh, but it's church. So church isn't the same as God. Right. Church isn't the same as worshiping Jesus. Mm-hmm. Programs and activities, will they bring glory to God? Okay, but where's the focus of all the performers? On the performance? Right. That, how is that bringing glory to God? And seriously, the, out, the outreach push, like, let's use Christmas to put on all these programs and get people in our church. I wish I'd known earlier, I wish I'd known when I was younger about, like, actually celebrating Advent. I think, I don't know, we have... The IFB churches avoid it because it's kind of Catholic. I don't know. But Advent can be a really good way to actually focus, but it's not something that really happens through the church. It's something you do as a family. Right. So you can choose to put your focus on that and still include Santa Claus. So. Without a problem. Right. Um, 
I, you know, you hear the term Advent thrown around and it's like kind of synonymous with Christmas, but this is coming from us who like, we've, we've never grown, like we've never been in liturgical churches or anything. Mm -hmm. So I've heard that term thrown around and I think I read about it in a book, one of Sally Clarkson's books, I think mentioned it or something else. Cause I listen to a couple homeschool podcasts that are done by ladies who are Catholic and so I hear the term Advent and I'm like, what? So what is Advent? Like you hear Advent wreaths. I'm like, what's an Advent wreath? Like what, what is this thing? Like there's obviously mm-hmm. something I'm missing. So I'm like Googling, looking stuff up. And I was listening to, I think there might've been a podcast or two that I heard about it. And so this is Advent is what we do. I mean, I'm all for like casting off traditions, you know, which are peer pressure from dead people. And <laughs> yeah. Like, not, like, breaking the mold and not having to do stuff just to do it. But there's some stuff that is really great to have there for a good reason. To have these practices, these traditions, to remember things. Um, They're, like, landmarks in Mm -hmm. your calendar. Um, We don't do the whole, like, liturgical year. But around Christmas time, we do Advent and we have an Advent wreath. And we focus on the different aspects each week of that. And um, you can look it up and I'll see if I can find the resources that we mm-hmm. were helpful to us. But it keeps our focus on Jesus through the whole month of December. Like, mm-hmm. what is the point? The point is that Jesus came as the light into darkness. Mm-hmm. That is the whole point of Advent. Right. And so that is one way that we have made the emphasis in our family on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Our kids know that. Now, maybe it's because we didn't do Santa when they were, like, really, really little. But they're still quite young. Right. Um, but just in the past couple of years, we've kind of given them permission to believe in Santa. Yeah. We, so we're kind of going into the... Um, like, how do we, our personal take on it. Um, yeah. So we, we don't, like, tell them that all their gifts are from Santa. Right. Um, we don't, you know, that that's kind of a big thing. I'm, I'm seeing it on some social media, I guess. Like, people are, like, really stressing. Like, even in the secular realm, like, you know, you shouldn't lie to your kids and saying Santa's real. Whatever. Like, however you do it in your family, whatever. Um, but we... We were coming from a place where, like, Santa is evil. Do not let your children believe in Santa. Like, SU, all things Santa. You know, no right. no Santa hats on any of your decorations on the Christmas. Right. You know, like, how far are you going to take it? Um, but what we do is we give our kids permission. Like, we kind of talk about Santa like, you know, like the Tooth Fairy or like unicorns mm-hmm. or fairy tales or or you know some of our like aslan and narnia and right. different things that are imaginary but because fairy tales are so important too and that's gonna we could do the whole nother topic on that but um i keep coming back to the portrayal of father christmas in the lion the witch in the wardrobe in the chronicles of narnia because father christmas showed up and it was very joyous there was a celebration he brought a feast he brought special gifts. It was a great time of celebration. And and yet, he was there from Aslan. 
you know, and you follow the allegory, he was he was under the real king. You know, so that there's there's room for for that that fairy tale fiction, that story underneath the real truth of Christmas and Jesus and and God. We you, you don't have they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Um, and Chris was listening to a podcast recently that was talking about that how that belief in Santa can be very important. Yes, I was listening to a podcast. Um, I can link the ep- I'll link the episode in the show notes. A podcast called The Overthinkers. There's a couple of guys who talk about all kinds of subjects, and they mentioned they kind of talked about their very different experiences. The two of them had very different experiences growing up with what they were taught about Santa Claus. But one of the things that was brought up was how important it is to believe that there's something extraordinary that can intersect with our mundane human lives. That's an important belief. And I think fairy tales would provide that as well in other parts of the year. But it's not bad to have those things just to just to imagine that something extraordinary could happen. Because something extraordinary did happen at Christmas. And you don't have to say, you don't have to de-emphasize Jesus in order to allow kids to imagine extraordinary, fun imaginings with Santa Claus, too. There's room for Santa without replacing Jesus, if Mm -hmm. you understand both of them and Mm -hmm. portray them that way. Yeah. Um, If you want it to be an all-knowing supernatural being who is waiting to pass judgment on evil people, well, there's only room for one of those. And, you know, who wants to believe in a Santa like that? And why would you teach your kids that God is like that? So we don't need either of those there. Right. Um, And where, if you've decided that, you know, we are not doing Santa at our house. So where, where are your rules coming from? I mean, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not saying this like judgmentally or, you know, rhetorically, even it's like, you need to examine, like, where is that rule coming from? It's because your pastor preached that Santa is Satan, you know, basically like there's a reason why it's Santa and the word, the letters can be rearranged to make the word Satan. Like, is that why you say you can't have Santa at your house? Are you afraid that one of your ultra-conservative Christian friends is going to come over and see a Santa Claus on your Christmas tree and judge you for that and think you're not spiritual? Um, mm. Do you think you have to lie to your kids and do the whole, like, Santa's bringing you your presents? But because we just explained, you don't have to. Yeah, please don't lie to your kids. <laughs> now, there are some things. It's but. like a lot of studies. It's like some kids, most kids weren't bothered. Like the studies that have done been mm-hmm. done. Like as an adult... Kids that believed in Santa, like, truly believed their parents said their gifts were from Santa. Most of them weren't bothered by it. But some kids, it can throw them for a loop. So, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, But where are your rules coming from? Are they coming from a place of fear? Are you afraid that God will be upset with you if you have Santa? Are you afraid that that's, like, not the spiritual thing to do? Well, God doesn't feel threatened by Santa. Right. It's a Christmas decoration. (laughs) I mean, you can make, I, I would honestly say, like, Christmas gifts are g- more of a threat of being worshipped than Santa Claus, you know? True. Because 
that's the materialism, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, maybe Christmas dinner if you're obsessed with having the perfect meal or the perfect tree or the perfectly mm-hmm. decorated house and or the best light show on your block or whatever. You know, anything can become overemphasized and take mm-hmm. the place of the true meaning of Christmas. Um, so just where, where are your rules coming from? Don't Be- let fear drive you. Drive yeah. your decisions around Christmas. Let's have room. Let's have room for lots of fun stories and celebrations, and not be governed by fear. It's like, oh dear, that book has a Santa in it. We can't read that Christmas right. book. Just enjoy the Christmas season. It's a time of celebration, and it's good to have a celebration around the time Jesus came. And if you, if if you emphasize that to your kids, you emphasize the truth. There's room for all the other fun, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, where is it going to stop? You know, I mean, can you not have Santa hats? Like, what about these little gnomes that are so popular? We love gnomes, by the way. Um, these little gnomes that are so popular now, like, well, do they look too much like Santa Clauses? You know, are we, are we not going to be able to do those? Um, yeah, there's. we have a really cute Christmas book, a kid's Christmas book. that um, It's part of a series of books that's done by... A lady, I think she also has like at least one other Christian, couple Christian books out as well. These aren't particularly Christian, but they're really cute. And about a bear and his animal friends and stuff at Christmas time. And I saw it, and I was thinking about sending it to one of my friends, and then I was like, oh no, it has Santa in it. Like it's not even about Santa; it just has a Santa like peeking in at the bear at some point. And I just knew, with knowing how this friend was, that. I mean, I was like, well, she probably would just not even read it to her kids. She'd probably just throw it away or something because it has a Santa in it. Mm. So, I mean, that's kind of extreme. (laughs) Not saying most people are necessarily like that. I didn't grow up in a family that was that extreme. But, you know, where where are your rules going to stop? Like, what's okay if Mm. Santa's bad? So, um... And then, you know, what, another question to ask yourself, you know, what will you and your kids miss out on if you eliminate anything Santa from your Christmas traditions? You know, Mm. are you, are you going to miss out on like a book that you could enjoy because it has a Santa or, you know, the Christmas parade because they have a Santa Claus walking in it or, um, is... Are you going to avoid going to any kind of Christmas celebration or get together in your neighborhood or something because there might be a, because somebody's going to have a Santa decoration? Really? And every time you drive downtown past the Christmas light display, are you just going to every time be lamenting that there's no nativity and that they only have a Santa Claus? Like, is that what you want your Christmas to be about? Right. Just constantly complaining about all the Santa Clauses? Are you just going <laughs> to focus? I mean, that's an undue focus on Santa. Thinking, oh, yeah. you know, focusing. It's like, I, I wish they didn't, you know, oh, it's too bad they don't have that. Like, is it just going to be focused on what's not there? Please don't make your Christmas the anti-Santa time. Yeah. That's not focusing on Jesus either. You know, they, they can exist together and... You can choose where to put your focus. I mean, it'll be okay. Is Christmas going to be all about Santa? About avoiding Santa and like not doing Santa and how anti-Santa we are and how spiritual we are for being anti-Santa? Santa doesn't care. 
Right. He's not even putting you on the naughty list because he doesn't exist. Right. So, anyway. I think that about covers it. I yeah, think we've so, covered kind of our approach to it, some background on it, and the different takes. Yeah. So, you know, if you end up with, hey, our family is still not going to do Santa. We're just going to tell the kids, like, yep, Santa's not real. We don't go see Santa at Christmas. Like, whatever. Like, fine. Um, but you also want to make sure that your kids are not being... Um, what I'm looking for. Um, they don't go barging into other people's family traditions and destroying those like a bull in a china shop. Um, one of my kids had another kid say to him recently that she didn't like Santa. Like she wasn't going to believe in Santa because he goes into people's houses. He breaks into people's houses and steals milk and cookies and stuff. Like It's like, well, okay, she obviously heard that from somebody older than her. And that really kind of devastated my son for, I mean, he wasn't, he never believed like Santa's absolutely real, but he was like, well, I don't want to believe in Santa now. And I'm, I was, I was not happy with that. Because we have cultivated this, you know, it's okay. Santa's like a fairy tale. It's okay to do that. And then to just be like, have this very grown-up perspective thrust on him. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of a funny thing for adults to say to each other, like, oh, yeah, like Santa breaks into houses or whatever. But it's like, fairy tales don't have to make sense. Right. Um, Look at Cinderella. Fairy godmother, like, kind of broke into her house in some versions of it, too. Um, we will not talk about the original Sleeping Beauty because that is not PG rated even. So yeah, let's um, let's have a we should, we can have another episode about fairy tales. But fairy tales have a long and troubled history. But there is yeah, there's it is important that you not that your kids don't pick up from you this condescending judgmental attitude on everyone else's Christmas traditions. Yeah. Because then they're going to go around, you know, there's there's no reason to go around inserting your viewpoint into everybody else's family. Because you wouldn't want them to do that to you either. So, you know, you can have your Christmas tradition, but yeah, you can be respectful of other people's and they can be different. It's okay. <laughs> It'll work out. So, yeah, just, just thoughts. Um, take away from this. It's okay to teach your kids about Santa, Mm -hmm. especially in like the fairy tale version of belief. Mm -hmm. It's okay to believe in Santa that way. It's not unspiritual. God is not writing you on his naughty list for doing that. Right. (laughs) So that's, that covers it. That's, you know, just a little bit, a little bit about Santa Claus, what to do about Santa Claus. Yep, and we will link those. I guess it's just basically a couple of podcast episodes that are mm-hmm. our recommended resources for listening. If you want to listen to more, you know, kind of more discussion on either of those topics, those will be linked in the show notes. Yep. So we will be doing more of these What About episodes and. Some of them will be probably kind of short, and some of them will be longer and multi-part 
All right. Thanks for listening and have a Merry Christmas. Finding Normal is a production of Grace and Peace Publications, copyright 2021. Our hosts are Chris and Rachel Nobile. Our theme song is by the band Young Presidents. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, contact us at graceandpeacepublications.com. Thank you.